I want to talk about us proclaiming God with our story, with our purpose, with everything that we're doing. What are a few ways using your creative purpose that you are sharing the freedom of God in every situation? Yeah. So now my favorite colors have definitely become white and yellow. I wear them all the time. I, uh, when I wrote my, uh, my book, which is actually, um, my entire testimony, uh, in completely in haiku form. And I made the book white and yellow. And I tell people this story and I say that, you know, the reason I'm even able to do this is because I was created to do this. I was created to make haiku. And I actually, when I started this year off, I don't usually believe in like, you know, New Year's resolutions or anything. But for some reason, um, someone had told me about the word abundance. I was going to have an mm-hmm. abundance this year. And uh, I've been actually like uh, noting of everything that's happened to me this year where I just feel like an overflow of God's love. And one of the, one of the ways that I've had an abundance of is haiku and they're just coming so, so easily to me. And while I may not think that it's amazing, I'm getting other people that are just like, this really resonated with me. Like, how do you do this? And so I've been able, I never want to browbeat. I never want to Bible thump, but it's been amazing to be able to give this one little piece of testimony. And back when I didn't really understand Christianity, I would try to do that I would try to like convert and my that's not my job Mm -hmm. um somebody plants somebody waters but only God gives the increase and so I just see like this story that I have because it's so amazing and because I love symbolism and because I love my relationship with God this is my way of being able to plant my seed and just leave um which I know sounds I guess like I don't know if it sounds like a cop-out answer like it's not very like helpful (laughs) um but being able to be in these spaces and I've had so many people uh who are either Christian or who are complete atheists and anybody in between who can relate to my poetry relate to what I'm saying and I've actually been thanked a number of times like thank you for hearing me thank you for loving me anyway and it's like this is how it's supposed to be you know like this is this is what it's supposed to be like like I'm not gonna shun you I don't hate you and so being able to be in these spaces and create this like little pockets of love with the Lord in the center is just mind boggling. It, it truly is just something to note because as we're Christians, our job is like literally that's what God told us. Jesus told us to do like as he was ascending into heaven, he told, he said to us, make disciples go out to the four corners of the earth and i've done like many episodes on this in saying that hey if we can't reach the four corners of ourselves we can't reach the four corners of our church we can't reach the four corners of our church we can't reach the four corners of the earth so just picking apart yourself and and identifying those corners and saying hey this is my artistry this is um jealousy that's in me it can go on and on about emotions to things you want to do just pick a corner and address it and get it fixed and and get get help freedom but specifically with artistry it's been a blessing doing the jxw podcast and just being that person to pronounce his my faith to the world and people have come up to me people have thanked me people have and it's not to my name it's to god's name right 
And so that's something that I'm really like passionate about because there are so many passive Christians where we, <laughs> my late pastor used to say Sunday morning Christians, where we only come on Sunday and we just like, we tap out at one o'clock and we go to lunch and then we forget about God for six days until, yeah. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, this is supposed to be a daily thing. Daily I die. So I want you to kind of speak to that in your spaces, in when whatever that you have encountered. Have you encountered passive Christians? And what would you say to them? How would you present, hey, you should be doing this for God on a daily basis with all your strength, with all your might, everything? Yeah, so it's. I wouldn't say that I encounter a lot of passive Christians. I think this is just simply because I do live in the Bible Belt, so I'm kind of in the thick of like, I'm more in the thick of Bible thumpers than I am <laughs> actually passive <laughs> Christians. However, I do believe that each of us as humans, because, you know, we're people, we do have passive moments. And I know that yeah. I have my own passive moments where it's kind of like, I mean, it's because if you're really thinking about it like a relationship, you know, a relationship needs to be cultivated. It needs to be groomed. It needs to be re-looked at from different angles and, you know, and rekindled, um, if you will. And so I wouldn't say that I, I meet a lot of passive Christians, but I do... I myself run into passive times and I have friends run into passive times. And so I think like during those times, we're able to kind of talk to each other, like build each other up and just remind mm -hmm. ourselves of the goodness of that we've decided to accept that is Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I, I think if anything, my main concern is like the Bible thumpers who believe that they're right. Everything's black and white. There are yes. no... They're like, there is no gray area. There is no, you know, there is no like, um, there is no room for, I guess, any sort of questions. Cause I believe that as human beings, like we're, we're going to question things and it's okay yeah. to have a question because you're seeking an answer. You know, you, you find God because you're trying to seek him. And so I can, t like, I don't know why I'm trying to get over this, this spirit because I know that it's a spirit of pride. So I apologize in advance. But it 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 makes me happy, almost. Which I know again is, is prideful. <laughs> but I'm sitting in these in these poetry centric spaces, right? And I I have an atheist go up and write and like they're reciting a poem about how God doesn't exist, and all the Christians in the room squirm. And it's like, no, you all need to listen, mm. because if you're squirming, you might be part of the problem. Your your ears don't want to hear the pain and hurt that this person is going through because you're so steep in you being correct. Wow. And that's not okay. Wow. You like please like I it it pains me when they sit down and then a, a, all the Christians like oh I have a poem to share, and it's like no you have something to retaliate you you didn't listen you did yeah. not listen. And again, I know that it's a prideful spirit because I never want to laugh at anybody's downfall. But I will say that I used to be that Christian. And now I'm so happy that I can listen to a poem like that and I don't squirm because I understand that this is a person who is hurt or a person who is lost, mm. you know? And I believe that that's what Jesus would have done. He wouldn't have squirmed and looked down upon. 
he would sit there and listen and then he would offer good news he would listen and offer food listen yeah. and offer a story and that's the kind of person that i want to that i want to be um and so i will literally go and seek out those people and i'll sit with them and i don't care about the you know the stares that i get like go ahead and stare this is what it's supposed mm. to look like that is a really good point you know, want to know why because jesus sat with tax collectors jesus sat with prostitutes jesus sat with all these people that unfortunately we claim as low in society and yep. it's like i feel as though history has literally repeated itself to the t christians today are like the pharisees and the sadducees of that day where they they're trying to at the time the pharisees and sadducees were studying the five books of moses the torah and but i feel as though that's today just with a lot more books it's like yeah. the pastors in the church, the leaders in the church, even the congregants are now studying God's word too much that they don't see the human of God. They don't see God as a man. They don't see God going up to a homeless man and saying, hey, I want to help you. They don't see God going up to a prostitute and saying, hey, I want to help you. They don't see that. When they see these people, they shun them. They... Yeah they completely put them down like hey you're going to hell you're you're going to hell you're doing the devil's work you're going to hell and these people need help these people need salvation and that's the most important thing so honestly with me coming into this new community i've been exposed to more and more people who would be shunned in the church but now the family that i've been introduced to we're grabbing them with open arms and saying hey I want to help you heal. And that's really important. And I kind of want to skim into the mental health side because there's a lot of mental health geared in that whole scenario where a lot of people grew up in unfortunate situations that have shifted their perspective of life and their traje trajectory in the future. And us as Christians, we haven't had that. We don't experience that. We're in a sense, quote unquote, perfect. So from your perspective, what is the mental health? What is what does that look like in your world where you live, your vicinity, um, the hospitals, the stores, the schools? Just what is the vibe over there? Yeah, so the vibe over here, um, I feel like it's how do I explain it? Because it's weird in this, in the place where I live, um, mental health is, is a, you know, it's almost like a sin, right? Oh, you're depressed. You need to give that to God. Oh, you feel anxious. You need to give it to God. Just pray. Just pray about it. You just need to pray. Well, I am praying. We need to pray harder. But did you sit still? You didn't hear anything, you know? Um, but on the other hand, because of my generation, as far as the generation goes, uh mental health is extraordinarily important and something that needs to be sought after let's go and let's go and heal our inner child you know so for me personally i was in i wasn't it wasn't until i was in college that i was diagnosed with uh depression and anxiety mm -hmm. um moderate to severe uh depression and then severe anxiety and i was offered ssris um which i did not take because quite frankly, I, I was still able to function in everyday life, but 
I remember the first thing I would I would think was, man, did I let God down? Which shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm human, and I I was studying psychology at the time, and I I started del- delving into trauma, and so once I started studying trauma in combination with becoming uh, a therapeutic preschool teacher for traumatized infants, I started learning a lot in regards to my own inner child and her trauma. And then it was, uh, it was like this mission that I had to go and try to fix her. Mm. Right. That like, there were so many things that I didn't realize that were brought on by, you know, generational curses by, um, generational trauma, honestly, by the church, (laughs) by colorism, racism, Mm -hmm. what have you. And, and I just went on this journey, which I'm still on, you know, I, I decided to go and get a therapist, even though where I grew up, it's like, Oh, you don't, you don't get a therapist. You don't air your dirty laundry. Um, I started talking about other diagnoses that I have that I need to go and get checked out. And, uh, I've been talking to a friend, um, who, you know, let me know like, Hey, you know, sis, this is not a death sentence, you know, just because this feeling has a name. Now we know what to do about it. And so it's still like a, like a push and pull as far as what uh, mental health is, but I'm starting to find that mental health is talked a lot about in the Bible, but the church doesn't really want to talk about that. So Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like meditation, like meditation is biblical self-care is biblical taking care of yourself and others that is all biblical we are supposed to take care of ourselves that is not a selfish thing you know i mean if if jesus is supposed to live in this temple well geez i want to make sure that it's a nice temple to live in mental health is talked about in the bible like for the story of noah noah went on an ark and i don't think people really understand the severity of this story you go on an ark the door closes. Your entire family, your entire people doubt you. They pretty much hate you. You have that in your mental. The door closes. Rain starts coming out of nowhere. You don't even know what rain is. Water stops coming from the ground from nowhere. You start hearing screams because people are drowning. That's in your mental. The, the Bible is full of just stories that people don't want to dive so deeply into, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And then during the story of Noah, he gets off the ark, they find land, and boom, what is the first thing he does? He gets drunk and just lives reckless abandon. So there are people, in even in the Bible stories, that go through this. And people today go through this they go through trials and tribulations and honestly in my trauma i went through like a lot of stuff and the way that i would self-help myself quote unquote was i created a book and i'm i still working on it i'm still working on publication (laughs) and all that but i created a book it's on my computer it's called oceans of emotions and basically it's a series of love poems And I'm having a conversation and argument with my emotion of love. And that was kind of like one of my alter egos when I was like five, six, seven. I have multiple alter egos. But it's like love, the emotion of love would like gaslight me into feelings. And I would just press into it. 
you know? Yeah. So I started writing. I started writing, like, real deep poems, love poems. And that's how I kind of survived as a young person. <laughs> mm. I didn't have friends. I didn't really have a world to, like, quote-unquote live in. But that's how I survived. And the Bible also has stories such as that. The Bible really speaks very boldly about mental topics. And I believe that it down back to the Sadducees and the Pharisee topic. Hey, they seem so perfect that they don't deem mental health to be a thing to talk about. And that's cool, yeah. but it's a real thing. 